Good stuff. Good to be with you tonight. Good to see each and every one of you. What a great opportunity, huh? To come together and see three guys share their testimony about what God, what God is doing and what God has done. That, that's exciting. That's exciting. If you're new, visiting with us, I didn't get a chance to, to see anybody. Is there anybody visiting with us? Hadn't been here before to Victory? It's good to have you right over here. Matt's parents, it's good to have you over here. Give them a hand. Nate's parents, too, on this side back here. It's good to see all of you. We'll give a big hand. It's good to see everybody. You got to be happy to have new folks in the house. Amen. Good to see you. Good to have you with us. We're here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We're here on Wednesdays, of course, at 6.30. My wife was sharing a little bit. We've got things happening on Monday with, care, with uh, mentoring at 6.30. We've got young, uh, young adults on Tuesday at 7. We've got church on Thursday and or Wednesday, and Thursday's open, so we're, we're holding on, see what God's got for Thursday, and uh, you never know, you know, it might be something uh, down your alley, something that you could get involved in. God is good. Amen. If you're visiting with us, we make this confession each time we get together to share the word. We just read along together. We say that the word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to be able to share with you today, and I don't want to I don't want to uh, talk too lightly with you, but I, I just have, have felt, you know, today just to share uh, a question. Last week we said, say what? That was the message. And so if you were here on Wednesday, you can go. You weren't here on Wednesday, you can go and you can get the, uh, the message online. All of our stuff is online at victorylafayette.org. Or you can uh, pick some of the stuff up in the bookstore back there. You can get that CD and listen to it. Shared a little bit of a testimony out of Elizabeth and I's life with our daughter. Talked about our confession. Talked about the things that we're saying. How important it is to uh, say the things that God is speaking to us. Say the promises that he's put in the word for us. But also to say the things that God is speaking to us by his spirit. And that is as we stand on the word. As we hold on by faith to what he's, what he's showing us and what he's sharing with us. We begin to speak it out of our mouth. No matter how odd or no matter how strange it sounds. We speak the truth of the word of God beyond anything else. And as we do those things it puts the creative power and the creative force of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. So today I wanted to ask you uh, just a question that says do you know who you are? You know, I had three young men who came in and, and wanted to be baptized and said, I, you know, I, I, I know who God has created me to be. I know what he's called me to do, and I'm headed down that direction, and my life has changed, and I'm following after him. So don't forget those things that you share. Don't forget the things that God's put in your heart. But to all of you who are here, it's real quick, real simple word. It's do you know who you are? Do you know the things that God has shared with you and what he's, what he's said about you and what he's promised you in his word? And I'll say a lot of scriptures probably that you've heard me say before, but I just wrote down what God told me. So take it as it comes and, and be excited about what God's speaking. In Mark in chapter 11, verse 20, we know the scripture and we've been there many times together. Pastor Bill, Pastor Pam, we've shared these things for years and we've talked about this story and Jesus was walking with his disciples and Jesus was always teaching his disciples. He was living his life, but he was teaching every moment. And if you're parents, you know that that's kind of the way that it goes with your children. You live your life, but you try to live your life as an example, teaching them the way that they're supposed to go and the things that they're supposed to do so that maybe as they grow up and as they head out of your house, they can do the things that God has put in their heart to do, that they can be strong, that they can be encouraged, that they can be on the right path. And Jesus was doing that with his disciples. But much like parents, there were days, you know, where, where maybe you tell them the truth and then, they, you know, they don't necessarily listen to you. Or maybe you're trying to show them that this is the direction that they should go, but they don't maybe think that that's the case. 
you know, maybe you're trying to tell them who they are and, and, and how good it is in their life, and they want to tell you who they're not and, and really how bad it is because they don't have the thing that their friend has or that's down the road. And you're trying to encourage them to speak the truth and trying to encourage them to follow their heart and trying to encourage them to make the right decisions, and they want to tell you why that's not possible, why that could never happen, and why you're, you're just so out of touch with the times that you don't have a clue. But you know you're not. And the key is that as they grow up and as they mature in Christ, they know that they know you're not, that it's true, that you are somebody that they can follow. And Jesus was trying to instill himself in his disciples everywhere that he went. And I believe it was to the point where he even asked Peter that one, who who do men say that I am, but who do you say that I am? You know, and I I think God asks asks me many times, "Who, who, who did I say that I was? What did I tell you? What did I say? And then every now and then when I don't feel good about myself or I'm struggling, I don't see things happening the way that I, God will remind me, say, who are you? And then he'll begin to lead me down the confessions of the things that he's told me and promised me. And Jesus was walking with his disciples and he spoke to the tree and, and he began, you know, people teach this a lot of different ways and it could be the power of your words or it could be the faith or it could be whatever. But he said to the fig tree, you know, you're just going to be withered up and died because there's no figs on you. And the next day as they walked by, the, the, the disciples looked and they saw that the tree was withered and they, they turned to him and said, hey, hey, look, master, teacher, teacher, look, the, the tree, it's, it's, de- it's dead, it's, 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 it's withered up. And then he said to them, you know, in, in Mark 11, you know, it says, hey, fellas, in verse 22, have, have faith in God. I mean, and then he talks and he says, assuredly, I say to you, you know, all of those things that you say as you speak to the mountain to be removed and cast into the sea, as you believe in your heart, you do not doubt, you have those things that you say. And I probably shared a little bit of that last week as we went through all of those things and talked about that scripture over the last bunch of weeks. But I believe that God is preparing us for a time where we're going to have to know who we are. He's preparing each and every one of us. He's preparing us as a church for the, that we know the vision, that we know what we stand for, that we know what we believe. We spent six weeks in the beginning of the year talking about, I believe all of those things. Why? Because God was speaking that in my heart, in, Elizabeth, in our church, that we've got to know what we believe. And now even beyond that, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you have in Christ. You have to know what he's planted on the inside of you because there's going to come a day where you're going to be tested and you're going to be conflicted and you're going to see a mountain in your path and you're going to see something that stands in between you and what God promised you. You're going to see something that comes against it. Does not line up with the word of God or what he said was going to happen in your life? And, and, and no matter where you are in your walk with Christ or your maturity with him, with your walk with faith, you, you have to be able to overcome that thing but it's in Christ that you overcome that thing through faith. You have to be able to speak. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know what he promised you. And in, in my life, when I've gotten to those points and I've gotten to those instances, I've all, I mean, he's brought me back to the basics. You know, he doesn't always go off and tell me all the, the master's degree type theology stuff, you know, that we all have learned over the years being in church and listening to, to CDs and messages and videos and all those things. Doesn't he take you back to the basics? That says, this is who you are. You're saved. You're set free. You don't have to turn that way. You're above, not beneath. You're the head, not the tail. And he begins to encourage you about who you are. And then all, you don't even have to worry about all the things that, that you've conquered with Christ. You don't have to go back through your journal and see all those things. He begins to build you up in what? Who you are. Not in all that he's done. Not in all that you've seen. Not in all those things. Now, those are all there. But I've always found, and maybe you have in your life, he comes right back to the core. He comes right back to me and says, come on, buddy. I don't care if you see all this stuff that's been done. You've got to know who you are in Christ. Because you're going to go out there tomorrow and you're going to face these things again. And so you pep talk, you give yourself those things. And I would just encourage you that you begin to speak to those mountains. You begin to say, have faith, have faith in God. Don't give up. 
I mean, you can stand today and, and shout the victory, but tomorrow you're going to face another, another battle. You're going to face another opportunity to stand. You're going to face another opportunity to know who you are and what you believe. We don't get the day off. Be nice. You know, it'd be nice to be able to say, you know, we had a good victory. Let's just take a week off. Well, you take a week off in Christ. I'm telling you, you take a week off from the Bible. You take a week off from praying. You take a week off from faith. You're, that's going to be a long week. Could last the rest of your life. Don't do that. And if you look in Mark 9, it's just another scripture that says some of the same stuff. It's just a couple pages back there. But it's the, the gentleman who brought his son and said, if you can, what did he say? If you can do anything for us. And Jesus goes right back to the beginning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not about my power. It's about your belief in my power. So you've come to this point in your life and you've gotten to this point where you've said, man, God is big. He has done great things in my life and he's brought me to this place. But I only go out this door to face the next thing. I only go home to face the person that I've married. I've only, you know, I go home and I face these kids that are just nuttier than loons. They're doing all these things. You know, my, most of you know my story. I mean, I was like that. They faced me most of like 20 years. They, they dealt with me just being nuttier in a loon. But, but, but they had to know who I was. They had to speak who I was. And eventually along the way in that road, I, I remembered who I was. See, I wasn't always that person. I, I, I started kind of that way. Then I went my own direction. And then I kind of got lost. And then I ended up over here somewhere. But then there came a day where I had to remember not all that Christ had done for me, not the testimony and the things that have happened, not all that stuff. I had to remember who I was. It wasn't about the calling and the purpose and the plan for my life. It was period, just, just period, just who I was. Holy cow, I'm a child of God. I've been adopted into his house. So he created and formed me in my mother's womb. He knows all about me. He knows the hairs on my head. He's gifted and he's talented me. He's put all those things on the inside so that I can do all But see, he begins to tell you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He begins to dispel all the lies of the enemy that says you're never going to make it because of the sin in your life. You say, hold on a minute. It says in the word of God that I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. That's not who I am. That, that, I, I'm not a bad person. I'm not an old person. See, I'm the new me. I'm 2.0. You know, I mean, you, you've been changed. You know, that's the, that's the new, you're the new you. And even if you face obstacles, you're the new you. The devil doesn't like you when you were the old you or the new you. He didn't like who you were, who you are, who you're going to be. Period. Whether you follow God or not, he doesn't like you. You can play on his team and he hates you. How about that? What kind of coach is that? I mean, you play on my team, I love you. I mean, once you get on the team, man, you're part of who we are. But not the devil. He doesn't like us at all, whether we're on his team or on somebody else's team. See, you get on God's team, then he really doesn't like you. But you've got to realize there are obstacles, there are things in your path, and you're going to have to get past that. Don't let a little rain spoil your picnic. Sing in the rain. Enjoy the rain. Throw the umbrella out the window, man. Jump around, get wet. It's all in the attitude. You know, I don't like wind. Wind bothers me. It makes me mad. I get like, I can be cranky about little things. I know. But wind, man, I mean, like, even when I'm driving in the car, if I'm driving in the car and the windows are down, and as long as the wind's going okay, that's all right. But if the wind comes from the side and comes in that window the wrong way, I get irritated fast. I got to work on that. Because God did not create me to be irritated, and that's the flesh. See, what irritates you like that? What is that? What is it, what is it the rain in your picnic? What, what is that thing? Obstacles will come, and that's just wind. 
I mean, if I can get that fired up about wind, what else is there? You know, I mean, what is that obstacle that you face? What is that thing that that takes you immediately out of who you are? See, I don't remember that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when there's wind. I struggle thinking that I'm the head and not the tail in the wind. Because I'm mad as a hornet in the wind. Messes up my hair. Blows me around. Dirt my eyes. You know, I just like, it's just, it's just something about wind. But I'm working on it. Because you still have to remember who you are even in the wind. Because there's going to be windy. See, if rain is your problem, don't worry, it's going to rain. If your in-laws are your problem, you better get over that because they're going to show up. And your other mate might like them more than you because she came from them. He came from them, you know, so you got you to love what's there. God didn't just give you that person next to you. He gave you all the people that were attached to them too. So if they're the ones who cause you to not be you, then that's a problem. See, who are you? Do you know who you are? Because how many of you say, I mean, you say this stuff all the time. Oh, I'm fine unless I get around them. Well, you know what God's going to do? He's going to put you around them a lot. Huh? He's going to keep you attached to them all the time until you can be you in the midst of those things. See, I mean, it may have been the past. It may have been people that you hung with, and you're all right unless you go back with those people you hung with. You better get strong in the Lord so you can be who you are today when you go back to minister to those people that you hung with. Bad company corrupts good morals. Not your in-laws. Those are the ones you used to hang with. So you better make sure that when you face those obstacles in your life that you can overcome. Joseph had a dream, but he had to go, a lot of, go through a lot of stuff to do that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced a mad dude before God rescued them in the fire. See, pe- people have all those situations. Peter and John, they healed the layman at the, at the gate, but, but then they got in trouble and got thrown in jail. But you know what? They didn't care. They, they didn't care that it was something that was coming against them. They stood up and said, we need, we need to even talk with more boldness. We need to even be more who we are in Christ. You can't take me out of who I am. I appreciate what you said. I appreciate all of those things. I respect you for your opinion and your authority, but you are wrong, and I'm going to proclaim the name of Jesus with more boldness. Thank you. Because that is who I am. See, that's what they say. That's, that's, what, they, that's what they said. I, that's great. We appreciate your opinion. But your opinion doesn't matter in this instance. Because, see, if they listened to that opinion, then they wouldn't be able to be who they were. You wouldn't be able to be who you are. See, if all those people pull you out of who you are, then you're not going to be able to be that anymore. And you want to be who you are. You want to see yourself like on those videos. I mean, that, that's, who, that's who Matt is. That's who, that's who Irvin is. That's who Nate. I mean, they're saying, this is who I am. Well, we need to really work at it if we're going to stay that person and we're going to grow forward. Because there are going to be lots of opportunity for rain and wind and in-laws and things. <laughs> I don't have any in-laws, so I'm good. They're passed away. So, you know, I, I, can, I can continue. That's, that's sad, but that's... Is that bad? Apparently that was not good. I, that sounded a lot funnier in my head than it did coming out, obviously. I'm sorry, sweet pea. It's okay. Huh? It's okay. That's the way I talk about it. Okay. That's what she says, too, so that's... Sorry. We'll go on. The Word overcomes all those obstacles. So you have to know... See, 1 John 5, 4 says you're an overcomer. It's your faith that causes you to overcome. It's your faith that allows you to get past the rain. It's your faith that allows you to get past the wind. Hopefully, it's not wind and rain. You know, I mean, hopefully, you know, know, you're going through things, but, you know, you know what those things are in your life. But the word overcomes, it says so. 
It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's us. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. God, I thank you that you've put me in this job with these wonderful people who are going to follow after you all of the days of their life. That they are going to fulfill the purpose and the call and the plan that you, that you are using me as an instrument of your goodness and of your glory and of your grace. So that I can be who you called me to be in this place and to these people who you've sent me around. Not, you should see my boss. There's going to come a day and they're going to get a piece. See, are you talking, how are you talking about the people who you're, see, are, now you're not who you are. Before, what I said before, that's who, that's who you are. That's who you want to be. That's what's on the inside of you. Then be that. Well, you don't know, hey, be that. Well, you don't know what they're doing. Well, you don't know what you're doing when somebody else is speaking that about you. Begin to speak those things into their life. Don't talk about all those crazy things your kids did. Talk about how good they are. Talk about what wonderful people they are, that they're coming back to the things that God has for them. See, be who you are. Sorry, my sleeves. I took the watch off this time. But apparently the longer sleeves, man, I'm soaking wet and it like hangs down. So I'm trying to keep my sleeve up. That's lesson number two. Pastor Bill's over there taking notes and saying... If you weren't here a couple months ago, I did it and had my watch on. I was like, ah, the watch. So now everybody says, watch the watch. Take your watch off. Take your watch off. I took my watch off and my whole arm got wet. So I'm going to have to fix that. But realize that, that, you're, that the word overcomes and you are victorious, right? I mean, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, we know all these scriptures. Like I said before, these are all new. Or these aren't all new. These are all ones that we've talked about for a long time. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the deal. You have the victory presented to you. God has won the victory, and he has given it to you by the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. But then the devil is over here on this side, and he does not like you, and he hates you, and he wants to kill you, destroy you, and ruin your life. So you have one on one side, one on the other side, and the battle's been fought, and the battle's been taken care of, but then you get to make the deciding vote. You get to be the one who casts this. All of a sudden, this is, I mean, it's true. You have the victory, but you can die having the victory. See, the victory has been paid for for each and every person that's in this earth. How many of you know people who don't know Jesus and they're going to die and go to hell because they don't? But the victory's there. It's like sitting on their porch. They just haven't heard or they just turned the blind eye or they decided not to. But it says you have the opportunity then to cast your vote. Is it going to be victory in all that God has for you or is there going to be defeat and is it going to be the enemy reigning destruction in your life? You get to make that decision. You get to make that vote. We just said, these scriptures said, if you believe in your heart. See, if you do not doubt, you speak to the mountain. If you follow after the things that God has for in your life, I promise you, he will come through because in Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and amen. They're all yes and amen. It means he has given them to you and he has said, take off. But then it's up to you if you're going to take the keys, get in the car and drive away. It's up to you if you're going to be the person who says, okay, I'll do that, I'll be that, I'll live that. You know, the spies in Numbers in chapter 13, and we don't have to go there and read all those things and read all about that, but the spies were faced with this same kind of situation. See, they'd been promised by God. They'd been promised this land that was going to be flowing with milk and honey. It was going to be everything 
Everything that their heart desired, everything that God had promised them was found in this place. Now, for us, it may not be a, a specific in your life, a land. It may not be like an address. It may not be a place like that. But the promised land for you in your life by faith might be something that he's given you that he said, this is it. And how many even know? He just kept telling them that. And he kept telling them it's a land. He kept telling them it's flowing with milk and honey. He kept telling them, I'm going to drive out all the inhabitants. He kept telling them, it's going to be yours. He kept telling them, you're going to possess. And your children are going to possess. And you're going to, see, God just kept telling them that. Well, what has God been telling you that, you know, all this time, all these years, all these things? That's who you are. See, they were, they were, they were the children of God who had that inheritance for them in their life. And they, they got to the point where they had to decide. They got to a point where they had to cast a vote. They got to the point where they had to, to put their money where their mouth was and put the rubber where the road was and, and say, okay, we can do it. They went out and they even saw that it was good. I mean, they went and spied out the land. These weren't people who just showed up. These were not just, just random people that were chosen to go out and do this. They weren't just people who, you know, who just, you know, like in our world right now in our life, these weren't people who just got saved and just came off the altar. These were elders. These were people. These were leaders. These were ones who had been in the battles. These are the ones who had been in the places. These are the ones who knew what God was saying through Moses. I mean, they were the ones who were with them. He didn't send somebody who was wishy-washy. He had sent somebody who was with them. Yet when they got there, even it says, even in the last days, even the elect will be deceived. So you may be here today and say, well, yeah, I know who I am. I've been this for a long time. Well, be careful. Because even, even at that moment in that point, see, these were people who were leaders and they went and in the moment of decision, they said, we can't do it. They said, oh, it's exactly as they said. It's exactly as Moses said. It's everything that he promised. It's fantastic. But we can't do it. We can't possibly go. We can't possibly get in there. We can't possibly win. Because in our own eyes, when there's giants there, there's all these reasons why this won't happen. And in our own eyes, we look like grasshoppers. So, so who are you again? See, are you the children of God who were leaders, who knew the promise, who were going the direction that God had for you? You're standing on the precipice of getting into the promised land, and all you have to do is say, yes, let's go? Or are you now just a grasshopper? What had changed in their life? They weren't demoted. They didn't come back from that experience less people than they were when they went in. What happened? They stopped looking this direction at who they were and started looking at themselves in the natural as who they were. See, I don't look by faith anymore at who I am. Now I know by the natural this is who I am. See, before they were by faith, they were all of these things. They had to be by faith because they hadn't seen it. They hadn't gone there. They hadn't done anything. God just promised them. And in the moment they went, in the moment they saw it, in the moment it was going to be an opportunity for them to do it, they decided at that moment to forget who they are by faith and look at who they are in the flesh. You've gotten to this point in your life by faith. Don't start looking in the flesh now. And if you've just looked in the flesh, start looking by faith. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. Don't get to this point by faith to stop and then begin to look in the flesh and look in the natural because you'll forget who you are. See, God has created you. He's made you this wonderful being. He's gifted, he liked it in the beginning, right? He's gifted you. He's talented you. He's put all this stuff. See, this is who you are. This is the talent. This is the gift. This is the plan. This is the purpose. This is the call. This is the vision. This is the direction. Day by day, manna from heaven, as he leads you and as he guides you and he does all these things. Don't stop one day and say, I can't do it anymore. Don't stop one day and say, you know what? This is too tough. 
Don't get up one day and say, ah, sure would be nice, but I can't make it. It cost them their life. I mean, now they didn't die at that moment. They had to excruciatingly wait just outside of the promise to expire. But how many of you know people who are like that? Maybe in the body of Christ. See, they know what God said. They know what God put out there. They know what God has. We're going to talk a little bit on Sunday about living intentionally in this earth. Last week, we talked about passing over or crossing over the gift of inconvenience, that line of inconvenience that keeps you from being all that God wants you to be. And then if you say no to something and that inconvenience, then that thing will begin to drive you backwards to the point where you won't do anything for God. But we're going to talk about living intentionally, getting out of the bed in the morning with his intention, getting up and saying, oh, yes. This is, this is the best day that God gave me. Why? Because you're living with intention. You're living with purpose. You're living with passion in your life to do what God called you to do. And you know who you are. But in that moment, don't stop and forget. Don't give it away. Because you're valuable. These are the things for you to remember. This is who you are. Five things here. You're valuable. Say this. Say, I am valuable. I am valuable. Do you mean it? See, do you know it? You're valuable. That's important. You're, you're valuable, not just to the body of Christ. You're valuable to your family. You're valuable to the job that God's given you. You're value, valuable to the, to the school that he's put you in. You're valuable to all the people that he's brought around your life. I mean, you are valuable. Each and every one of you. Oh, I've been through some stuff. So what? We've all been through some stuff. And I've used this example, and I've done this before, and I've talked about it before, but I felt to do it again today, so I will. Money's money. Cash is cash, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. If I had a brand new $50 bill, go, we'd all want it. Right? And that's what you do. You go, tink, tink, tink. yeah, no. And, I, and I've done this before, and this isn't just, to, you know, but this isn't a show or anything else. But look, see, people don't think they're valuable. But I've got this old $50 bill that's been in my shoe all day. Oh, you don't want it? You'll take it, but it's kind of, but I mean, really, I mean, you went, immediately you went like, ooh, it's hot. Maybe I should hold it with something. I mean, it was in my shoe. <laughs> it's sweaty. I mean, my feet, my feet sweat, but see, you still want it. Right? I mean, I, even though it's been all wadded up in my shoe, I mean, I mean you know. I don't smell like yours. It's, so, I mean, it's, we're close. We're close. But, you, you know, you still got me on that one. I didn't put it in your shoe because then I might not have wanted it. But... <laughs> But really, I mean, who, who, just because it's messed up, see, just because it's all crumpled up and it's a little sweaty and it, you know, because it's worn and been in my shoe, see, because some of us have been worn, some of us have been crumpled, some of us have been sweat on and just dirty and felt like we've been drug around in somebody's shoe our whole life. And so in the natural, we feel like we're not valuable anymore. In the natural, you feel like you can't do it, but who are you? You are valuable. You don't forget that. You make a mistake tomorrow, yay, that doesn't matter. You repent, says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. You are valuable. But you don't know what I did. But you don't know what, do you know what God did for you? Do you know what Jesus, he hung on the cross? Because of that that you just did, he, he did that. So you're valuable. Yeah, but I got a whole string of problems. That's all right. This is still 50 bucks. And we're all still going to fight for it, you know, as we throw it up in the air. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do that. 
<laughs> but you're valuable. <laughs> Just stay with that part. Don't worry about this. <laughs> Say, who are you? See, you're valuable. You're happy. So you're smiling. Every, just about everybody's smiling at me. Say, I'm happy. You should say that all day long, all the time. Why? Because that's who you are. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In his presence is fullness of joy. Jesus said he gave us our, his joy so that our joy would be what? Full. So there shouldn't be a reason why you're not happy. Because that's who he created you to be. He created you to be happy. Be happy by faith if you gotta. Be happy by faith. If it doesn't look good, doesn't look like it's gonna happen, be happy by faith. There's a lot of days I gotta smile even though I don't wanna. It's gonna be funny someday. Just make today someday. I mean, I haven't been through too many things that weren't just half disastrous and, and really serious, in our, in our, but then like six years later, don't you just kind of giggle at those things? Just put yourself six years later. And that's important. You have to know that you're happy. You have, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Psalms 144. Is God your Lord? Then you should be happy. You're a new creation. Say, I'm a new creation. Old things have been passed away. Say that. I am new. That's a good word. See, who are you? I am new. I'm not who I was. See, it's a representation in this tank. If you want to see dirty, look in here. If you're thinking about being baptized, don't come look in here. But if you've already done it, come give it a look when we're done. These are some dirty dudes. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not them. It's not them. It's the water. It's the water. The water's, the water's rough coming in here. So, so, but see, it's that idea that says, man, I was a mess, and I go down, and I come up, and I'm what? I'm new. I'm clean. And you say, well, that was a long time ago for me. Well, then I'm telling you, if you've made a mistake and you've sinned in your life, ask forgiveness. And it's just like you came up out of that water again. Brand new. And he forgets it. See, he forgives it and he forgets it. It makes you a new creature. You know, the story that I tell all the time is you would not go, you would not go back. If you, like Pastor Bill, he had a favorite tie. And he liked this tie. And this guy who used to, he used to minister to at the nursing homes and used to come to our church some. And he gave him this tie. And it was, you know, you know, when it's your favorite tie, you gave it to this guy, and it was good stuff, and then the guy passed away. And when Pastor Bill went to do the funeral, <laughs> see, you know the story. He went back, and as he's standing there, he's, he's thinking, that guy does not need the tie. He's wearing it right there. <laughs> see, I mean, but it's there. You're thinking, man, I, I could use that tie. <laughs> I mean, what if he was wearing your favorite coat? I mean, you gave him your suit coat, and he's got it on in the casket, and you're thinking, when everybody leaves, man, could you just, like, get that for me? Because nobody knows. But then could you seriously put it on after that? I mean, like, <laughs> that just messes you up in a lot of ways. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't hardly do that. Then why, then why do we as believers fall back into the same thing if we've, been, if we've been crucified with Christ? See, if we've been buried with him and then come up alive, why do we go back to the, see, why do we go back to that place in our life and put those things all back on? That's disgusting in the natural. That freaks us out. And that was just a tie and a coat. I mean, we don't even think about the fact that drawers, like the guy might have your favorite boxers on. And you know, you're going to say like, yes, uh, probably not to do, you know. Always one more over the edge. See, you always got to dangle one more over. 
We could have stopped at the coat and the tie, but we got to make this real. I mean, you would even maybe wear the tie, you know, and you could think about the coat, but you wouldn't go there, see? So, but why do we in the natural, why, why, why do we go back to that then? See, it's just, it, God has separated us just like that tie was separated from Pastor Bill. I mean, it's going to go away. But, but see, why, why do we still draw to that? See, why are we still drawn to that thing in our life? What is that? When that sin's been taken away, why do we intend to go back to that thing? Don't let the devil take you there. You're a new creature in Christ. Don't be tempted to go back and put on the old grave clothes. See, he brought you up and he set you free and he loosed you from those things. Don't go back into the grave, go back into the tomb and put all those things back on again. He took them off of you. So walk that way. That's who you are. You're new. You're chosen. Say, I've been chosen by God. Chosen. Picked you. I mean, this isn't third grade. You're not the last one on the playground getting picked. God picked you first. Woo. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. You don't have to worry about it. People don't like to play games because they never picked in the playground. Hey, God picked you in the playground right away. I want that one. And I want that one. And I want that one. I want him. I want her. They're all on my team. I pick you. I pick you. I pick you. I've been through some stuff. I don't care. Come on. You're with me. You're with me. You're with me. You're on my team. Come on. You're on my team. See, and he goes around and he just handpicks you. And he just says, you're it. You're it. You're it. And you say, oh, I don't deserve to be on our team. That's all right. You're on my team anyway. Come on. Come on. Come play. Come play. Come play. good team i mean god's got a good team he's got us all on his, think about it i mean look around man we're all on the same team well i don't know there's not much we can't do with god as he brings each and every one of them i mean he's picked us he chose you he chose you that's good stuff you're free say i'm free, free. whom the sun sets free is free indeed and it says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free it's not about being good it's not about being in church it's not just about coming every Sunday or trying to come to mentoring on Mondays. It's not about that stuff. It's about knowing the truth. The truth about who God is. The truth about what he's done for you. The truth about who he's created you to be. The truth about what he's put on the inside of you. The truth about what he's said about you. The truth about what he thinks about you. It says his ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. It says in Jeremiah 29 that he knows the thoughts that he thinks about you. They're thoughts for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. He thinks about you. Man, you get to know those things. You get to understand those things. That's the truth. And all of a sudden, that thing begins to set you free. And now you do know who you are. Not haughty, <laughs> humbly, but boy, I'm telling you what, it's confidently. I know who I am. The enemy can't stop. The enemy can't stop me. Do you say that about yourself? The enemy can't stop me. Do you speak those things, man, bound in Jesus' name? Do you loose the angels? Do you, do you talk about your future? Do you talk about tomorrow? Do you talk of this is going to be the best day that I've ever had? Or do you hit the snooze button and go, come on, man, just 10 more minutes. I don't want to go there. What, like nine minutes is going to spare you something? I mean, you might as well get up nine minutes and pray. That's your only hope. You know, take a snooze prayer. You know, don't take a snooze sleep. I'm a snoozer, so I can, I can confess. We were going to go to breakfast today. Elizabeth just got home, so we were going to go to breakfast this morning. And she had her alarm set, so I said, that's fine. And then I had my alarm set, so I turned mine off, man, a long time ago. I was like, beep, beep, done. I'm not doing that. She turned hers off, and it was a little later when we got up. <laughs> Didn't have to worry about the snooze. I just turned it off, you know. Don't turn it off. Don't snooze. Get up. The last one is, and this is important, you're blessed. You're blessed. Say this, I am blessed. Do you believe it? you believe let's stand up together today. Amen. We
hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.